The Holy Gospel is written in the seventh chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at the 15th verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. That was in our, included in our reading just now. And it forms part of that great Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapters 5, 6, and 7. And it's remarkable how Jesus, the master teacher, doesn't waste a word, but he gets straight to the point, and his words are still treasured to this very day. And the emphasis is very much not on necessarily exterior things, but what goes on in the heart and how important it is to be close with God. Actually, I had the great privilege many years ago to hear a Bible study on this by the former chaplain of the United States Senate. Um, he'd invited me to spend a few days with him and it was fascinating to go around Congress with him, to see the way he related to staff, to hear about life in Washington and also to participate in his splendid Bible studies. And I took notes of what he said on different occasions and once he was sharing with a small Bible study group this very passage. And this is what he said. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. This is an awesome passage. It is more than a warning against false prophets or wolves in sheep's clothing. The bottom line of the whole impact is that every one of us is a prophet. We are all models to others of what we believe in our actions, attitudes, words, and lifestyles. Inadvertently, we are reproducing our quality of Christianity, or lack of it, in the people who observe us. Before we smack our lips or wring our hands in consternation over false prophets who speak of easy religion or pseudo-Christianity, we need to hear what Jesus is saying to us Beware of being a false prophet. That's the message that thundered through as I reflected on this passage. 
A first reading of the passage prompts an initial question, do I know any false prophets? Then the laser beam of a deeper question burns into our consciousness. What kind of prophet or Christian am I? I've never forgotten that challenge. What sort of Christian am I? Am I bearing any fruit? And it's a very searching question. It's interesting how in the Bible, this idea of fruitfulness occurs quite frequently. It's used several times to describe the character of Christ reproduced in us. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the branch connected to Christ the vine, the fruit of good works, and the fruit of new life in others through our witness and evangelism. And eventually we must all confront this issue as to whether our life as Christians is bearing fruit and is it being a blessing to others as well as ourselves. I always find probing questions like that very challenging because I'm sure all of us in our best moments want to be the best type of Christians we can, but we're equally aware of those times when we fall short and we see some of these great saintly people that, wow, I could never be like that. But God's promised to help us when we seek him. There's a very powerful story about Leonardo da Vinci. Apparently one day he was in his studio and started work on a large canvas. He labored on it, choosing the subject very carefully, arranging the perspective, sketching the outline, applying the colors and developing the background. Then for some unknown reason, he stopped painting, still unfinished. His students wondered what had happened. And suddenly he called one of the students and asked him to finish the painting. The student was flabbergasted. How could he possibly finish a painting by one of the world's truly great masters? He protested how inadequate he was, how insufficient he was for so challenging a task. But the great artist silenced him and said, Will not what I have done inspire you to do your best? That's really a sort of question Jesus could ask. He began it all 2,000 or more years ago. His life, his message, his death, resurrection, and living presence started, as it were, a great painting of redemption of the world. And he's given us the task to finish the painting. But there's a big difference. Da Vinci left his student alone. Jesus never does that to us. He's given, as it were, to us a color palette and he whispers his guiding insight to each one of us at each uncertain stroke. And that's very comforting and encouraging. I know at this time of year, gardeners look at the state of their garden 
and uh, some of them are rather sad when they see a fruit tree and uh, they had great hopes for it but it turned out to be a very disappointing season. Maybe God sometimes feels a bit disappointed at some of his followers when he looks at the life of them and sees not much fruit and he knows the potential that's there. I think the secret of fruitfulness in the Christian life has a key word. It's abide. Abide. For example, an electric light bulb taken from its socket can give no light. A branch cut from a tree withers and fades. And a Christian who fails to keep in constant touch with Christ through a prayer life, Bible reading, meditation, Eucharist, will soon run out of power and will have very little to show. For it says in the scriptures, without him, we can do nothing. So my prayer for all of us, myself included, is that we will be fruitful Christians, not lose heart, but allow the power of the living Lord Jesus Christ to flow through us, to bear fruit and help others. And I make it my prayer, and I hope yours too, Lord, save me from a barren, empty Christian life and help me to be more fruitful and pleasing to you. Amen.